Finally, we're going to be hearing from the Bible, uh, and so do give Al a, a welcome. Thanks, Jeff. Good to see you this morning. Um, if you don't know me, my name's Al. I'm one of, also one of the leaders, along with Jeff, in the church. Um, I don't know if you've heard the one about St. Peter uh, standing at the pearly gates of heaven when three men arrive, sadly died in an accident, and uh, St. Peter wants to find out what was really important to them in life. Just by the way, this is not exactly what we believe about heaven, but uh, just sort of go, go with it. Um, um, he wants to find out what was really important to them in life. And he says, what do you hope people will be saying at your funeral? So the first one says, well, at my funeral, I hope people will be saying what a, a kind, uh, loving father and husband I was. The next one says, well, at my funeral... I hope they'll say what a trustworthy, honest, hard-working employee I was at the office. And the third one said, well, at my funeral, I hope they'll be saying, look, he's moving. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because it doesn't happen, does it? it? And it would be absolutely incredible if that happened at a funeral, totally unexpected. And yet, this is at the heart of the Christian faith. This is the heart of the Christian celebration of Easter. We've been singing lots of songs about it. Jesus dying three days later, coming back to life. And if you're a Christian here this morning, it's, it's so easy to get over-familiar with the idea of Jesus being raised from the dead, when it's actually a, a totally incredible, wonderful thing. It was a day that changed everything. And we're going to be looking at one of the gospel accounts, part of one of the gospel accounts from the first Easter uh, this morning. Um, it changed everything for those first witnesses on that day. It changed the world out from that moment. And for many of us here, it's changed our lives. But we want to be just struck again about how wonderfully life-changing it is. You might be here as someone this morning, uh, you're not a Christian or you're not really sure what you are, but... Uh, you're so welcome to be here. You may have big questions. You may be very sceptical about some of these things that I'll be talking about, even just the, the thing of the resurrection of Jesus. I hope this talk is uh, helpful for you. Um, I mean, many people think that, you know, it's the certain types of people, they find it easy to believe in this idea of someone rising from the dead. You know, I know it doesn't happen, but some people, they just believe anything, don't they? And maybe you think, well, that's what was going on with these people back in the Bible times. Oh, they just, they just believed anything in those days. It didn't really happen. But it wasn't the case. And we're going to see that as we look at one of these accounts from Luke's gospel. Uh, Luke is someone, a real person, a real guy who put together his book. Um, he said at, right at the beginning of his book that he carefully investigated what he wrote. He wanted to present to someone what really happened. He, he talked to eyewitnesses, people who are actually there, to find out what actually went on. So we're going to look at Luke uh, chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. The words will come up for the screen, on the screen for you. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning 
stood beside them. In their frights, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Well, the first thing we see here is that the resurrection was unexpected. The resurrection was unexpected. Read about the events that first Easter morning, a group of women going to the tomb where Jesus' dead body had been laid. And we read some of their names there, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James. And Luke, the gospel writer, he makes it very clear that they weren't going there to, with a tray of uh, Jesus' Easter breakfast. Um, Here you go, we've got your hot cross buns for you and coffee this morning, Jesus. Wakey, wakey. No, and they weren't even going to check if the tomb was empty. You know, I think he's going to rise. Has it worked? Has it not? No, verse 1 tells us that they brought spices with them, that they prepared. They were going to put these things on Jesus' decaying bodies. What they did at the time, didn't put spices on people who were alive. And they were expecting to find Jesus' dead body. In fact, if you look back into the previous chapter of Luke, um, you find that these women, they followed Joseph of Arimathea, saw the tomb. They saw how Jesus' body was laid in it. They were in no doubt that he was dead. Mark Sospel tells us about how they watched Jesus die. They saw his body laid to rest. They saw the tomb. Just by the way, some people might think, well, perhaps they got the wrong tomb. No, they saw they saw it then they saw where he'd been put. They knew where he was. And the plan was to go back um, after the Jewish Sabbath when they had to rest and to go back and finish anointing Jesus' body. But when they got to the tomb, that early that morning, there was something totally unexpected. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They found something unexpected. The large stone which would have covered the entrance to the tomb was rolled away. Mark Sospel says that the women were actually wondering on the way there, you know, how are we going to roll this massive stone out of the way? But also they didn't find what they were expecting. They didn't find the body of Jesus. And it made them wonder. They were puzzled, you know, what is going on? Because for them, they didn't expect the resurrection. They should have expected it. Jesus talked about it many times, as we'll hear in a minute. But for those women, the resurrection was totally unexpected. And I think that's interesting if you're someone who's sceptical or you know people who are sceptical about the resurrection of Jesus today. You think, I just can't believe it. 
I can't believe it happened. I can't believe that dead people just come back to life. It doesn't happen. That's right. It, it doesn't happen, does it? But this is an amazing miracle. And I, I guess if you think, well, if Jesus really was the son of God and God was involved in all of this and it was part of God's plan, well, maybe you'd expect some sort of unusual things to happen if it really was God. But yes, dead people don't normally come back to life. We can think maybe people back in those days, they were simple and gullible. Maybe some people think it's a bit like those people who believe that Elvis is still alive. Apologies if, you, if you're here this morning believing that. But, um, you know, people who just think, I just so want to believe it. I'm convinced. I've convinced myself that it is true, despite the evidence or the lack of evidence. Now, it wasn't like that with Jesus' followers. They didn't expect it at all. And we find that actually that it was the disciples who were the most skeptical people of all. They, they were the ones who needed some big proof that it was really true. Maybe that's an encouragement to you this morning if you're skeptical. Believing in the resurrection of Jesus isn't about kind of closing your eyes and hoping that it's true despite the lack of evidence. It's not what Christians do. It's about opening your eyes to the evidence. Evidence presented to us by those who were there, wrote it down for us, made sure it was passed on. This turned into a life-changing event. People died for this stuff. People don't die for something that they, they just made up. Christianity spread with this central belief, Jesus rose from the dead. And people were fully convinced of it. There's real evidence, which I'll say a little bit more about later. So the resurrection was unexpected, but Luke also shows us that the resurrection was essential. It was essential, and that's what the women were told that first Easter Sunday, and they should have expected it. So verse 4, it says, While they were still, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them in their fright. The women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. And while the women are wondering what's going on, messengers turn up to tell them. Two men in gleaming clothes, they're not advertising parcel. Um, we leave later on that they were angels. And they say, why do you look for the living among the dead? It's a bit like the man who uh, saw a sign in a shop window. It said, suits, five pounds, trousers, two pounds, fifty. He thought, oh, there's a bit of a bargain to be had here. I'll buy some and sell them on for a profit. So he went into the shop and he said, well, I'll have uh, 50 suits and 100 pairs of trousers, please. The shopkeeper said, I'm sorry, I can't sell you those. He said, why not? She said, you're in a dry cleaner's. He was looking for a bargain in the wrong place. And the women on that first Easter morning were... T- I do like that one. Uh, uh, they were looking for a bargain. In the, uh, they were looking for Jesus in the wrong place. And they were told, no, he's not here. He has risen. They were actually kind of told off in a way. They were told off by these angels for thinking that Jesus' body would be in the tomb. It's like they should have known better. Because the resurrection, it had to happen. It was essential. 
Jesus himself had said this had to happen. The angel said, verse 6, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. This is Jesus' words. The son of man, that's him talking about himself, must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Jesus had said that his resurrection, his death, they were essential. He said he must be crucified and rise again. It's the kind of expression, we were thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, it's the kind of expression that Jesus often used about when he's talking about his mission, why he came to earth. He talked about things that must happen and things that he must do. He came on a mission. The Son of God came on a mission from God, a rescue mission, to rescue us from the consequences of turning our backs on God, rescue us from the sin that separates us from God and that relationship that we were made for. And Jesus came, he lived the perfect life we could never live. He he died to take the blame and the punishment for the wrong things we've done. He rose to life to give us the new life that we were always meant to have, a life in right relationship with God. And if we believe and trust in Jesus and what he did for us, we receive the benefits of his rescue mission. We come as this new life of peace with God, knowing we're totally forgiven, of purpose from God, living, um, in joy, even joining in the mission of God, serving God, serving others in the world, knowing the presence and the power of God, helping us live life the way he wants it to be lived, helping us even through those ups and downs in life to know that God is with us, whatever happens. But where's the proof that all of it worked? How do we know that it, it worked? It's in the historical event of the resurrection. You see, anyone can go around saying, you know, I'm the son of God. My death is going to enable people to get right with God. And then they go and get themselves killed. And you think, well, another crackpot. Doesn't prove anything, does it? But the resurrection is essential because it proved that what Jesus said and claimed was absolutely true. That he, he really was the son of God. That his words were true. That his rescue mission had worked. And that God had accepted Jesus' sacrifice for our sins. His death in our place so that we can go free. Imagine you took me out for a meal at a restaurant. Just a hint there. Um, I'll give you a few ideas of restaurants. No, no, sorry. Um, Imagine you took me out for a meal at a restaurant. And when we'd finished, um, you, 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 you said, you know, I'll treat you. And then you, you, you're searching your pockets and your, your bag. And it's like, oh, no, I've, uh, I've forgotten my wallet. I've forgotten my purse. I'm, I'm taking it. It's not deliberate. But the thing is, I haven't brought any money either. And uh, I think, how are we going to pay for this meal? So I said, well, look, look, I'll take care of it. I go and have a word with the manager. And we come to an arrangement. And I'm going to do washing up for the rest of the evening to pay for the meal. So I disappear through the swing doors into the kitchen. How do you know when the restaurant has accepted my washing up as full payments for the meal? It's when I appear again through the swing doors and I come out and I say, get your coats, let's go, it's all sorted. And that's a bit what it's like with the resurrection of Jesus. That's why it was so essential as Jesus came back from the grave, it proves 
it's all sorted. It's all covered. I've paid for your sin. It's been accepted. You can go free. You're free to have this wonderful new life with God. And if we trust in Jesus, we can know that Jesus has covered everyone, everything that we've done wrong. It won't be held against us. We're not heading for a day in the future where it will be brought up or anything is heading, uh, any judgment is coming to us. No, Jesus paid for it all. And God only takes the payment once. The way is open. The path is clear for us to come into this new life that we are made for of knowing God and his love. The physical, bodily resurrection of Jesus is not a kind of fairy tale ending that was added onto the story, you know, to, to make it just sort of have a round off nicely, the end. No, it was essential, essential sort of completion of the mission of Jesus, Jesus' plan to rescue us. But the last thing we see from the Easter account is that the resurrection demands a response. What's your response to the resurrection of Jesus? There's two responses pictured here in uh, this first Easter account, which can encourage us and challenge us just to make the right response ourselves today. The first one is what the women do. They go and tell. So verse 9 says, When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. They went to tell Jesus, 12 disciples minus Judas, who'd left and killed himself. They went to tell them the good news. Jesus is alive. You won't believe it. Remember what he said. He's alive. If you're a Christian and you believe that Jesus died and rose again, it's not just interesting information. It's life-changing good news. It's something far too good to keep to yourself. I know it's sometimes difficult to share that with other people and find the right moment, but if you've really no desire in your heart to share that with anyone, maybe you've not really got it. It's news that people need to hear. It's fabulous, incredible, good news, life-changing news. Jesus, the Son of God, he loves people. He died and rose to, to bring them the thing that they need most in the world, a right relationship with God. Will you be like the women? Go and tell the good news. Go and tell others if you're a Christian. The resurrection wasn't supposed to be a secret. And we thank God that, you know, if you think about it, we're sitting here as though the message spread here. It didn't start here, did it? Jesus didn't die and rise in this country. But the, the message spread, the good news spread. It spread over to this country. It spread around the world. People spread it. Maybe someone told you, someone Started churches here. Someone started this church. The, the gospel spread. The good news spread. We're so grateful that people didn't keep it to themselves. That those first believers didn't keep it to themselves. They spread it. And it's a wonderful thing that has changed lives all over the world. Will you be like those women? Play your part in spreading the good news that Jesus is alive and he brings new life. We were thinking about it a couple of weeks ago about the Apostle Paul, this ambition that he had in his life to, to make Jesus known through his words and deeds where Jesus was not known already. Who's God put in, you into contact with in your life? What opportunities has he given you? Could you invite someone, if you're a woman, could you invite someone to the, uh, the women's breakfast next month? 
Maybe there's an opportunity you might get to say something personally. I saw a really interesting article in The Guardian. I don't know if it was in the printed version on Friday, but it was certainly on the, on the website. Um, it was, uh, what is the historical evidence that Jesus Christ lived and died? Written by a Cambridge University scholar in The Guardian or on The Guardian website on Friday. It's a really good article. Maybe it might come up in conversation. Maybe you could bring it up in conversation. Maybe you could read it, look it up, read it. Be ready to maybe talk about it. In the next few days, there might just be an opportunity for you to talk to someone about the life-changing resurrection of Jesus and the difference that he's made in your life. Will we be like the women who went and told the good news? But another response is that of Peter. Go and investigate. That's what Peter did. He he went and investigated. Verse 11, um, the women went to tell the disciples, but verse 11, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Might surprise us, but the, the first response of the disciples to the news of Jesus' resurrection was that it sounds like nonsense. Again, they, they weren't expecting it. Of course, they did come to believe it. Jesus appeared to them personally. They became fully convinced. As I said, many of them died for this belief that Jesus was really alive. But Peter's first response, even though he's amongst the other disciples who didn't believe, it just like, sounds like rubbish. No, he said, I'm not going to leave it there. I'm not going to leave it like seeming like nonsense. I'm going to go and investigate. He says he went to the tomb. He saw there was no body there. He saw the cloths. The other gospels tell us that that was significant. And he came away wondering about it, thinking about it to himself. Seems he wasn't fully convinced at this point, but he was on the way. And later he would meet Jesus and will be fully confirmed to him. Jesus is really alive. You hear this morning as someone who's got doubts about the resurrection. Maybe the the resurrection, maybe the implications that I've been talking about, the idea of knowing God through Jesus, about having a new life as a Christian, of of knowing Jesus because he died and rose again. Maybe, Maybe it seems like nonsense to you. That's okay. That's okay. If that's where you are, that's fine. But can I encourage you Don't leave it there. Don't leave it at the seems like nonsense stage. But go and investigate. Think about it further. You you owe it to yourself. If this is as important as Christians believe it is, then you owe it to yourself to check it out. At least give it a little bit of time and attention. See if it might be able to change your life as well. You could read one of the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible. Um, If you get hold of a Bible... um, go to the end of those books, maybe the last two or three chapters of each of those, you'll, you'll see the, the Easter events of Jesus dying and rising again. Read it. Does, it. does it ring true as you read? Does it sound like nonsense? Or does it sound like something that's true, that's been written down by people who were there? We've got some excellent little books to give away at the back. We've got them by the door. You're really free to take one of those. It's called uh, The Case for Christ. A journalist investigates the evidence for the resurrection. 
do take one of those. And in fact, if we run out, do write your name on the sheet and I'll make sure you get one. What name and phone number, I'll make sure you get one. We'd love to give you one of these little books. A really helpful little book, um, just helping you explore the, the evidence, you know, from the Bible and, and a little bit from outside the Bible as well. Did Jesus really rise from the dead? And the journalist in the end says a bit about how it affected his life in the very last chapter. Another way of investigating is to come on Sunday mornings. If you're, if you're here as a visitor or you don't normally come on Sunday morning, you're so welcome to come back. It's not just a special thing for Easter. We have people here every week who are just investigating different stages, checking things out, listening in. You don't have to, you can just sit on the sidelines to some extent if you want to, listen, don't have to sing, just watch what's going on, listen. We have a number of people doing that and it's helped many people to do just that, to move from nonsense to faith and having their lives changed. So don't leave things at the nonsense stage. Go and investigate. But there's a third response that I think that we'll want to have if we've grasped at the reality, we've experienced the life-changing power of Jesus' resurrection. And it's that of joy and worship. Matthew's gospel adds, um, in his account, it adds a detail that while the women were on their way from the tomb to tell the disciples, they met Jesus and they worshipped him. If you're a Christian, don't get over familiar with this amazing truth that Jesus is alive and that he brings new life and he's brought you new life. Thank him, praise him, worship him. If you get a chance, give it a little bit of time this afternoon, this evening, just to reflect and, and thank Jesus for all that he's done for you. We're going to sing in a minute. We're going to finish with a, a great song. Oh, praise the name as we lift up Jesus and celebrate him. But uh, let me just pray before we stand and sing. Father God, we do praise you that you raised Jesus from the dead. Praise you that it was mission accomplished. Praise you that you accepted Jesus' sacrifice, his perfect sacrifice for our sins. Thank you that there's no judgment hanging over us now. If we've trusted in Jesus, the slate's been wiped clean. We can have peace with you no matter what we've done. Oh Lord, thank you for the new life that you give us, that you want to bring us into. Lord, we pray just pray for everyone here this morning, Lord, whatever stage they're at, that Lord, you may help them to make the right response to Jesus. Uh, we do pray for a really great Easter weekend for everyone. In Jesus' name, amen.